Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to the Living History UK podcast, a podcast for the discerning and knowledge hungry historians out there. You can support our podcast and get much more from Living History UK by joining our Patreon from just £1. And by doing so, you'll be a part of an ever-growing community and really help to make a difference as we strive to keep history alive. But for now, enjoy this podcast. The Viscitudes of a Soldier's Life, Chapter 8 While we lay at Pedrogos, General Castanos, with his baggage and suite, passed through on his way to the Spanish frontier. There was nothing remarkable in his appearance. In person, he was below the middle stature. I and several others were placed as a guard of honour to receive this celebrated Spanish hero. The guard was drawn up in the marketplace and waited nearly two hours for him. At length he arrived and we presented arms and conducted him to the quarters of the commanding officer who invited him to partake of refreshment, but he politely refused and passed through without alighting from his carriage. While at this place, I mounted guard. During the day, we received as prisoners two Portuguese peasants who had been employed in a commissary department, having in charge several fine bullocks for the army. But these two rascals had contrived to exchange some of the fattest and best for some that were not half so good, thereby making to themselves a deal of money by their villainy. In the night, I went on sentry to guard these two Portuguese thieves, with bayonet in my hand, I examined the prisoners, for we had several of our own men in the guard room, but all was right. In the course of half an hour, however, one of the Portuguese prisoners contrived to get the tiles, the place not being underdrawn, and it being extremely dark, he succeeded in breaking through, but the sergeant and some of the men running round to the back of the guard room luckily caught the gentleman as he was falling from the tiles and brought him back to his prison, when I trimmed him well for his want of civility in departing without my leave, for had he made his escape, I most probably should have suffered for it. However, he remained as quiet as possible until the morning, when we sent them both off under a strong escort to Penamacor, 
the headquarters of the division, and what became of them I never heard. In this place we had one parade every morning properly dressed, and one fatigue parade in the afternoon, to cut wood and bring it home to our quarters. But we were prohibited from cutting fruit and olive trees, of which there was a great number. Here is an oil press, where the olive oil is made in its purest form. I was very fond of it, and have often had a cupful put into a new loaf. It is a good substitute for butter, and tastes very well. The inhabitants use a great deal of it in their soups, and it answers the place of flesh meat to many families in these parts. It has no unpleasant taste, whatever. Beef fried in this oil adds greatly to its flavour, makes it more palatable, and I believe more wholesome. We remained here very quietly and comfortably, though we had neither beds nor bedding, having to lay on the bare floors of the houses until the beginning of January, when it began to be whispered we were soon to move from this peaceful place, and there was something like truth in these reports, for on the 9th of January 1812, an order came for the regiment to join the division at Penamacor. On the 10th, according to order, we marched to Penamacor and joined the 7th Division, and on the 11th crossed the wilderness, which I have mentioned before, and arrived at Sabugal. On the 12th, we reached Alfeta, and on the 13th, Guinaldo, where we remained a short time, having very strong guards and pickets, not being more than 16 miles from Theodath Rodrigo, for at this time the army was forming for the purpose of storming this fortification. It appears that it was absolutely necessary to get possession of Ciudad Rodrigo and Badajoz before any good could be done in these parts, for the enemy, having strong garrisons and plenty of provisions and ammunition, could have annoyed us very much, and if we had advanced without reducing them, we should have been forced either to have left an army to watch and keep them in awe, or subjected ourselves to their repeated attacks, our supplies would have been cut off, or we might have been left without provisions and ammunition. The army having now collected was actively employed night and day from the 13th in order to complete the works, which were no sooner done than our batteries opened up upon the town with tremendous fury and continued to play until they made several practicable breaches in the walls. The army that invested the place only waited the signal to storm. On the evening of the 19th, the troops employed formed in five columns and waited to commence the work of death. General Pack's brigade was ordered to advance and to make a false attempt at the breaches, but such was the courage of this brave general and his men that it was turned into reality, and the advance guard under the command of Major Lynch took possession of the enemy's outwork, taking several prisoners. The main breach was stormed by the 2nd Battalion of the 5th Regiment, led on by Major Ridge. The enemy stood to their posts and fought with determination, contesting every inch. Nor did they surrender until our brave soldiers had completely established themselves in the streets of the town, when all further resistance was evidently unavailing. The loss of our army, from the commencement to the conclusion of this brilliant affair, was about 1,200 in killed and wounded. Major General McKinnon was blown up, and the commander of the Light Division received a wound, of which he died on the 24th of January. The action was short, pointed, and carried on with vigour on both sides. The loss of the enemy in killed was great. We took 1,700 prisoners, 153 pieces of cannon, and an immense quantity of ammunition and stores. 
Although our regiment was not engaged at this place, but was employed in covering the besieging army, yet all were entitled to the honour, for, if called upon, they would have entered the breaches and stormed the city with as much resolution and valour as those who had been employed. As soon as things in Ciudad Rodrigo were settled, Lord Wellington made preparations with as little as delay as possible for the siege of Badajoz. About this time, I was taken very ill of a fever to which we were very subject in this climate in consequence of our fatigues. I lay several days in a village on the Castel Branco Road. Indeed, I was so exceedingly ill that I was taken in a wagon belonging to the Royal Wagon Train and carried to the General Hospital at the latter place, where I continued ill several weeks. I at length recovered a little, and got out of the hospital, but was so weak that I could scarcely walk. Yet I had to do the duty of the depot. An officer of our regiment at Castel Branco took me from the depot to be his groom. I went with him to his quarters, and remained a few days, having nothing to do but groom an ass, and tent him while grazing. I was again taken ill, and sent to the hospital. The general doctor no sooner saw me than he swore he would have ducked me in a tub of water, because I had left the other hospital too soon. But he was better to me than I expected, using me very well during my stay under his care. While I was in his hospital, which was close by the roadside, our gallant army marched through on their way to Badajoz. I shall mention a few particulars concerning their march, although I was not with them. The day after the regiment left this place, they went to Canada. The second day, they reached Via Vela. The third day, Nisa. On the 6th, Orange. And from thence on the 7th, to Estremos, where they lay until things were in readiness to commence the siege of Badajoz. I shall now leave them and relate the sufferings through which I passed. I now began to recover, got out of the hospital and joined the depot, where I remained about 14 days. A day being appointed to select out the convalescent soldiers, these who were fit for the army. I thought, if it were possible, I would go and join my regiment, for I abominably detested my present situation and employment, having to clean the streets of the dirty Portuguese town every morning before breakfast, for we were obliged to take all the dirt away that the inhabitants made, and that was not a little. They are the dirtiest people in this place I ever saw. For almost all the men, women and children deposit filth of every kind in the streets, old houses or in back lanes, and all this we had to clean away for our own sakes and that of our officers. If we were not ill, this was enough to make us so. The morning came that we were to be picked out to join the army. At this time I wasn't fit for service and my looks were against me. I was placed on the left of the rear rank and, in order that I might pass the better, I had prepared a piece of coarse woolen cloth with which I rubbed my face to make the colour come and this I continued to do until the doctor and commanding officer came up to me. I passed their inspection very well and was ordered to march the next morning to join my regiment. No man could have been more delighted than I was at the thoughts of leaving this place. The next morning we formed in marching order and waited the word of command but I was taken so ill on the parade that I could hardly stand in the ranks. However, the word MARCH was given, and we moved off, but I could not keep up with the division. My old companion, James Mann, remained with me, and we followed as fast as my strength would permit, but it was with the greatest difficulty that I reached Canada. 
which was only 12 miles. The next morning, my condition was deplorable, having nowhere to rest myself but on the bare floor of an uninhabited house, unable to lift up my head and having no sort of food that I could partake of. Indeed, if I had had luxuries, I could not have tasted them. The following morning, I started for Villa Vela, but only reached a small village three miles off, and was some hours performing even that journey, for had not my friend James been with me, I must have perished from the want of assistance. We remained in this village for two or three days, and was so distressed that I thought it was all over with me. A part of the army passing through, a doctor was brought to my assistance, who ordered me some medicine, but by some means or other it was neglected, and I was still left in this sad and wretched condition, without money, medicine, or one single comfort in my possession. Here, I lay in a Portuguese village, the inhabitants of which could not render me any assistance, and none but those who had gone through such trials can tell what I suffered at this period. At length, it came to this crisis, that I must either die in this distressed town, or make an effort to get to Nisa. For this purpose we started, but how or in what manner I got to Villa Vela, which was only four miles, I know not. Having to carry a load something more than three stones weight, and being in a high fever, which frequently deprived me of my recollection, so that I knew not where I was or what I was doing. However, we reached Villa Vela, and took up our quarters in a house by the roadside. James made me a kind of bed, obtained a little coffee, and provided for me in the best manner possible. The army was now moving rapidly upon Badajoz, the last division arriving in camps near the bridge. The next morning, they were put in motion. James then applied to the general doctor, who came to examine me, but the moment he saw me and had felt my pulse, he flew into a violent rage, swearing he would have me flogged. The moment the provost marshal came up, he called me everything he pleased, and there I stood before him, unmoved by his threats, and unable to make a defence for myself. And all this scolding was because I had left the hospital at Castel Branco before I was well, and indeed I had nearly paid the forfeit of my life for my rashness, for I had no business whatever to march in this condition. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But the doctor's words were only like the wind. For, instead of punishing me, he ordered a mule to carry me to Nisa, which was a distance of nine miles. I with difficulty got my clothes on, was put on the mule's back and started to Nisa. But of all the men I ever saw, 
the Spanish muleteer who accompanied me, was the most unfeeling, for he drove his mule before the rest, making the poor animal trot all the way, and if the mule slackened its pace, he would run at and kick it on the legs and hams, crying in the Spanish language, Cursed! Cursed! This was because he had a sick soldier to carry. I begged he would let the mule go its own pace, but to no purpose. I really believe I should have gone shot the rascal, had I been able, for no one can conceive what I suffered while with this inhuman wretch. However, I got to Nisa and made known to the Portuguese what the Spaniard had done unto me, and when they heard it, some of them were about to thrash him for his unfeeling conduct. I remained in the marketplace until my comrade arrived. He then took me into a house in which I lay for seven days in a state of insensibility. In this place, I could have anything I fancied, for my comrade was connected with certain men who knew how to raise the wind. I was entirely ignorant at the time how it was done, but I learned afterwards that it was by making false returns and drawing provisions for a certain number of men when no such men were to be found. I have known them to have provisions and wine in abundance. After remaining in this place seven days, the sick men were ordered for a Brante General Hospital. I should have mentioned that an officer of the name of Coxham, a native of the neighbourhood of Louth, was commanding officer here. He is since dead, and his widow is now residing at Louth. A great number of sick men were left in this place. On the day of our departure, every man was provided with an ass, and a proper supply of provisions for the journey. We then started for a Brante, each man being mounted upon his donkey. I had a very good one, but did not keep him all the journey, for we had only proceeded two miles from Nisa when we came to a river, which is fordable in summer and in dry weather, but there having been a great fall of rain, it was swollen into a formidable stream. Most of the asses swam over with the men on their backs, but a number of stones, five or six feet high, being placed just one pace from each other for a passage for the peasantry, I, rather than have my clothes wet, attempted to cross by them. I accordingly sent my ass into the river with my knapsack, and then began to cross the stones. But when I had got three-fourths of the way over, into the river I went. And had it not been for the kindness of a man behind me, the current would have carried me down. But he caught hold of my coat, and most probably saved me from a watery grave. When I got to the other side, I found that my ass, knapsack, and everything belonging to me were gone, but there being an old ass left instead of my own. With difficulty I got upon its back, and rode the remainder of the journey, which was two leagues, in my wet clothes, and had to lay all night on a cold mild floor. Anyone would think that this would have sent me to my long home, but strange as it may appear, from that day I began to recover. The next morning I found my knapsack, and then started for Gavion, and reached it about noon. This day, my fever left me. My appetite returned, and I have reason to be thankful that I have never had a fever after, but was always able to do my duty until the 31st of August, 1813. The next day, we arrived at Abrante and were admitted into the general hospital, where I remained three weeks. Having recovered my strength, I left the hospital, joined the depot, and did my duty. While in this place, I and my comrade got some new shirts and shoes, on purpose to sell, to raise a little money, being uncommonly destitute. He sold his first. The next day an order was given for an inspection of necessaries, and every man that could not produce his new things was flogged. 
so that my poor comrade was not only confined, but actually received two or three dozen lashes for his conduct. I took care, however, not to offer mine for sale until the first day's march, when we were under no control. We left Abrante and joined the 68th Regiment, not missing one single skirmish by having been sick and absent, but joined in full time to take our part against the common enemy of Europe. Our regiment lay a few days at Estremos, and then marched in the direction of the enemy, who it was expected will make a desperate effort to save Badajoz from falling into our hands. The 7th Division, with two other divisions of infantry, and two brigades of cavalry, under the command of Lieutenant General Graham, moved in the direction of Valverde, and General Hill, with a considerable force under him, moved off in another direction. By these movements we covered the besieging army of Badajoz, so that it was next to an impossibility for the enemy to raise the siege without bringing either General Hill or General Graham to an engagement, but nothing of importance took place with our division of the British Army. Badajoz was invested in the middle of March. The troops employed at this important siege were the 3rd, 4th and Light Divisions. Whilst part of this force was occupied in building batteries and throwing up the works, the enemy made a sortie with about 2,000 men. Their design was either to destroy the works or retard their progress, but in this they were unsuccessful, and notwithstanding the fury with which they advanced upon our working parties, they were driven back into Badajoz with great loss. On the 25th of March, the first battery was opened within 200 yards of the walls of the town, and on the same night, a fort was taken by storm. It was defended by 250 men and 500 of our brave men, consisting of detachments from different regiments, rushed into it, and took it at the point of the bayonet. The three commanding officers of these little detachments were wounded. A brigade major was the only officer killed. The enemy defending the fort were for the most part put to the sword. About this time, the weather was very wet and bad, which greatly distressed our troops. On the 6th of April, three breaches were considered practicable, and Lord Wellington was determined to lose no time but to commence the assault that very night. Accordingly, the troops destined for this important service were collected at eight o'clock without knapsack, and about ten this awful conflict took place. General Picton's division, commencing the attack on the castle of Badajoz, having been provided with a number of ladders for that purpose. The men were led on this noble enterprise by Major General Kempt, who received a wound at the beginning of the storm. The soldiers were not at all discouraged by this catastrophe, but continued their vigorous efforts until they completely succeeded in taking the castle. But the 4th and Light Divisions met with such a formidable resistance and obstacles so numerous that they could not establish themselves within the place, but were drawn off from that part of the action at 12 o'clock at night after losing a great number of officers and men. But the intended false attack under Lieutenant General Leith was completely successful. The brave men engaged in this part of the work turned an outwork, gained the ditch and climbing upon the ramparts, took possession of a part of the town. Having obtained possession of the castle and the town, the governor and his staff were necessitated to take shelter in the fort of St. Christoval, which they surrendered on the 7th of April. The French garrison of Badajoz consisted of 5,000 men, 1,200 of whom were killed or wounded during the operations. 
beside what were lost during the storming of the castle and breaches, which must have been 2,000 or more. The total loss of our army, together with the Portuguese, in this bloody siege and assault, from the commencement of operations to the surrender, was 72 officers, 53 sergeants, 2 drummers, and 910 privates killed, 306 officers, 216 sergeants, 17 drummers, and 3,248 privates wounded, one sergeant and 68 privates missing, making in all 4,891 killed, wounded, and missing, so that altogether we lost in this place, in both sieges, perhaps more than 6,000 men. The conduct of the British troops during this hazardous and eventful service was above all praise. Indeed, Lord Wellington himself observed that he was unable to express the sense which he entertained of the gallantry of both officers and men. The city of Badajoz is about the size of Boston in this country, but it would be difficult to ascertain the population, as the towns in Spain and Portugal have so many convents and churches which make them appear larger than they really are. During the siege and investment of Badajoz and the operation of the British arms in this part of the peninsula, the French army of Salamanca made a sudden dash into Portugal, no doubt to draw our attention from our principal object. The enemy, advanced by the way of Sabagal and Pedrogas to Castel Branco, forcing our depot of sick and convalescent soldiers at the last mentioned place to escape to Nisa. The Portuguese peasants fled to the mountains in the greatest confusion. The enemy reached Canada, but as soon as the French general heard of the face of Badajoz, he retreated in the greatest haste. The cavalry, however, under Sir Stapleton Cotton, overtook his rearguard, brought them to action, and compelled them to fly in confusion, with a considerable loss in killed and wounded, and 150 prisoners fell into our hands. Our division was now ordered into cantonments at Castel Branco, where we lay until the 4th of June, but the greater part of the army advanced to the Spanish frontiers and to the frontiers of Portugal. A part of the town was allotted to our brigade and three small streets to our regiment. I was quartered at the house of an old widow. We had one parade every day in the large square at 11 o'clock in the morning and a roll call in the evening at five. In the house where I was quartered, the old woman had a large image of St. Louis, which had lost a hand. One afternoon I repaired the image by fastening on the hand, which pleased her so much that I became a great favourite with her. I did not, however, continue in her good graces for long, for in consequence of some trifling error in my conduct, she ran after me with a hatchet to knock me on the head. Whilst at this place, numbers of our sick men joined us, and we considerably improved after our late fatiguing marches, both in strength and appearance, having had our shoes and clothes properly repaired. Provisions, ammunition and stores were sent up the country in abundance, and the battering train was brought up to the frontiers. In short, all the time of this cessation was occupied in preparing for an advance into the heart of Spain, for having possession of all the fortified places on the frontiers of both kingdoms, Nothing now prevented us from entering into that country. While in Portugal and Spain, we were distressed for the want of money. All the time we had been in that country, we never obtained a settlement. Neither had we received our clothing from Christmas 1810 up to the present period. 
The army was often short of salt, soap, needles and thread. Although these things were simple, yet they were essential, and to be without them caused us much trouble and uneasiness. I frequently visited the old castle at this place, which stands on a very high hill, and may be seen at the distance of 50 miles. The walls are very thick, but in a ruinous condition. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, then why not send us a PayPal donation? All donations help us pay to host the podcast and for us to create new content for your enjoyment. Furthermore, if you would like to submit a question or even a subject matter for the podcast, join Patreon and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The links are in our bio. Until next time, keep history alive. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.